gosh, I wish I were working right now so I could spend some of this time I have been cursed with. You're a fucking retard, dude. I'm an American bitch. Uh, fuck. I think you underestimate the size of my hard drive. When's the full beaver moon? I think this next topic is going to make you go Amish. When was the last time you physically touched cock? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to talk about this. So anyway, hopefully we're wrong. My belly's making the rumblies. Hey, hey, hey. Let me tell you guys. I am so excited. I am so happy. The Blue Collar Plebcast is brought to you by Punchplate. Punchplate at coddle.co sells a series of high quality, American made 304 stainless steel backup seed phrase plates. Punch plates are compact. Affordable, proven to be durable through independent testing, and easy to use. They look great too. It has never been easier to own your own money. Punchplate makes it affordable to more securely break up your seed phrase into multiple pieces. Why pay a third party for multisig when you can cheaply create your own fragmented and redundant system? Don't accept holding an IOU. Protect yourself and your family. Use Punchplate. Check out coddle.co. Note that coddle is a C word. We are live. What's up, LC? How was Thanksgiving? Wonderful. How was yours? It was good. I spent it in Florida and it was sunny and warm. Not in Buffalo. Yeah. I spent mine in Florida and it was cloudy and 55. So, with your anti plane stance, did you ride a horse down to Florida? No, I flew the cheapest possible airline. Oh, it's very environmentally conscious of you. Yeah, I flew Spirit. It was fucking horrible. Oh, that's the one that the woman peed on. Is it? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, there's a clip going around the other day where she just like pulled her pants down the aisle and just peed on the aisle and it was freaking out. Yeah, Spirit's essentially like the Waffle House of Airlines. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Have you ever been to Waffle House at 2 a.m.? No. Next time you're on the road and it's 2 a.m., stop by a Waffle House. Is it better or worse than Denny's? Far worse. Whoa. All right. It's like a Denny's cage match. <laughs> Do you have any plans to enjoy November's full beaver moon? Not that I can talk about on this family-friendly podcast. It's just an article I saw today. When's the full beaver moon? November, apparently. And November is a whole fucking month. When, though? I don't know. I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline. Oh, Jesus. Would you have opened up the article about the full beaver moon and figured Absolutely. it out? Absolutely. Sure you would have. I'm going to do it right after this. I'm going to be reading about the full beaver moon. <laughs> well, you might not want your wife around when you look that up. The wife's still in Florida and I'm home, so it's perfect time to read about the beaver moon. I was waiting for you to come on and I was just browsing. I found an interesting thing online. In 2015, the U.S. Department of State had some official stances on internet freedom. And I'm just quoting what Secretary Kerry said in 2015. This was their official statement. Not all governments value or respect internet freedom. Some states view an open internet as a threat to regime stability. 
While the United States is active on many fronts to advance internet freedom, some countries are aggressively recruiting others to their vision of an internet that would provide legal and or political cover for their own varying degrees of censorship and repression. We believe people are entitled to the same rights of free expression online as they possess offline. We want that right for ourselves and we want that right for others, even if we don't always agree with the views of what others express. We do know some governments will use any excuse to silence their critics and that those governments have responded to the rise of the internet by stepping up their own efforts to control what people read, see, write, and say. That's what they said officially in 2015. Now, if you go to their website, their tone has changed. So if you go to the Department of State website under Internet Freedom and Technology and Human Rights, the Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor, they say, we promote internet access for all and the design, development, governance, they didn't have that word before, and use of digital technologies in a manner that supports democratic values and institutions, advances societal and economic progress, and protects and promotes human rights. At the same time, we seek to counter the misuse of digital technologies to repress, control, divide, discriminate, and or disenfranchise. In doing so, we work on policy and programming related to a multitude of technologies, including surveillance technologies, artificial intelligence, anti-censorship tools, which are censorship tools, and blockchain. So their whole tone has changed drastically in eight years. To be fair, though, Kerry was lying in 2015 because they've been censoring the Internet since the late 90s, early 2000s. Bill Clinton signed what was it, the Children's Internet Protection Act in 99 or 2000? Mm. Under the guise of protecting children from accessing pornography in the internet, but it put major constraints on what could be posted on the internet. Well, now they're not even trying to say the right thing. <laughs> now they're going to govern you harder. Kerry was like, good. oh, we're all about freedom and everybody should be able to have free access to the internet. And you guys have been fucking that up for 15 years oh. at that point. Probably a bad sign if they're not trying to even say it, though. Or it's a good sign. Maybe they're turning a corner and just because the honesty that they're giving isn't what you want to hear doesn't mean it's refreshing for them to at least be like, hey, we're censoring the shit out of you. Hmm. Don't lie to my face and tell me you're not censoring me and then censor me. At least tell me you're fucking me. The actual action that they're doing is probably much worse than what they say. And what they say is pretty bad, so... Did you notice what Kerry did, though, which is classic political move? It's classic propaganda, right? They accuse somebody else of doing what they're doing. Mm. Other countries do A, B, and C is really just their way of saying, we're doing this, but just look at them because they're doing it. Don't look at us. The new narrative uses words like governance, disenfranchise, surveillance <laughs> isn't it kind of ironic that he said in 2015 of talking about a free internet and how everybody should just be able to use this magical tool to do whatever they want to do and they had already murdered silk road at that point that's true when was that that was around 13 wasn't it yeah, it was either 13 or 14 yeah to be honest carrie's speech was probably in response to blowback about that yeah, you could murder and rape a bunch of people and not go to jail for as long as what Ross Albrecht did for trying to have an open market. How dare yeah. you? How dare you subvert the tax system? 
he wasn't even actively doing that. Like in theory, people who use that open market were responsible for their own taxes. Yeah, no, he was hosting it. Yeah. Which in their minds is always worse. So I wanted to get right to underground theater thoughts. I know how much you liked my take last week. I've been watching Westworld, by the way. Oh, I like that. At least the That's first couple seasons. Last. Yeah, I've never actually like watched it. I think I'm like three or four episodes into the first season. Pretty good so far. Not as good as the original movie, but pretty good. I gotta say, it's a little bit like Heroes. Remember Heroes? Yeah, I never watched it, though. If you watch the first season, it was awesome. And then they kind of ran out of ideas. And then nothing made sense anymore. <laughs> and that's Westworld. Maybe not as bad as Game of Thrones. I'm partial to anything with Anthony Hopkins in it, so. That's fair. Can we also agree that Spaceballs was a classic piece of American theater? Yes. Okay, good. Because I feel like if you don't like Spaceballs, you're no fun. <laughs> you know the part where Dark Helmet says, I'm surrounded by assholes? Yes. We're surrounded by assholes. They've infiltrated society and they're all around us. Correct. <laughs> I just think that people tend to be shocked when an asshole acts like an asshole, and we're wasting too much time and energy being shocked over these things. For example, my wife might say, can you believe this colleague at work who was just nice to me yesterday, threw me under the bus to make themselves look good. And every time I tell her, yes, it's like that, that voice that Winston used when he's talking to Ray in Ghostbusters. When somebody asks if you're a god, you say, yes, I can believe that. Because this person has a history of being hot and cold with you on an every other day basis for years, right? Fair enough. My daughter might say, I was walking in the hallway and Susie slammed the door on my face. Can you believe Susie did that? And I'm like, yeah, honey, what's wrong with you? Susie's a dick. She's always been a dick. <laughs> or my friend might say, can you believe a politician wants you to wear a mask, but he didn't wear one himself? Or can you believe he went out and ate with his family when he told you not to? Or can you believe he had a gas stove? Or he didn't get the biological therapy they told you you had to get. Can you believe that? And I have friends that are always shocked at that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I can believe that too. Because these people have a history of being hypocrites. Well, I just think we waste too much time and energy like hoping for fantasy outcomes. Treating those kinds of things as new things when they're just not. I think we waste too much time and energy concerning ourselves with other people. Yeah. If people and systems have a habit of assaulting you in various ways, then the next time they assault you, it's like not really that weird. Yeah, it's not really worth dedicating the space in your head to it. Yeah, there's like a mental health component of that. Yeah, can you believe? Yes, I can believe. At this point, we should really, society as a whole, we should really be at a place where nothing really surprises you. I think if so. You've been alive, people are still surprised. If you've if you've been alive and have been an adult, I guess we can say, if you've been alive and been an adult for at least the last 10 years, nothing should surprise you. Nothing. I know people that keep getting their hopes up that the system's going to police itself. They'll say, did you see that the court ruled that that was an overreach? Or there's a video of this political official doing something scammy. Can you believe it, right? And when the courts rule in favor of freedom and nothing happens as a result of that, like no policy actually gets changed. Or if there's like obvious evidence that there's hijinks going on and it doesn't matter. I almost find that those things are like nothing burgers and they just don't even matter anymore when we have proof that bad things are happening. Yeah. 
this week they did this. I don't know. Like no, that's especially not on matters. like the especially on the large scale of things, it's all ninety nine point nine percent of it is just distraction. Gets bread and circuses. But if I point out to my friends, well, that really doesn't matter at all. They'll have like this visceral emotional reaction at me. And they'll be like, it totally does matter though. But right? it doesn't. Yeah, but there's like this sliding all. scale for justice and the system's immune. Yeah, justice doesn't exist in this country. Stop hoping for it. Yeah, so it's just much more healthy to find ways to opt out of systems. Yeah, it's much more healthy to concentrate on you and yours. And focus on changing the things that you can change. Yeah. Because when you start concerning yourself with all these things, you know, it's unnecessary stress, unnecessary mental space. It's very easy, especially these days, to become tragically black-pilled by paying attention to too much of that shit. Which so I, I think you lean towards sometimes. Well, you're not helping. We're so numb to any kind of evidence that things are wrong that my daughter comes home from school and she's like you know president nixon was one of the worst presidents because they had the watergate scandal and they did this wrong thing and president nixon just... was arguably one of the greatest presidents in recent history well i don't know but there was some evidence that he did the shady thing and that seems like the last time that it mattered that evidence came out i was like oh my god this person did this wrong thing and now evidence comes out all the time and it just doesn't even matter to the point where grade school kids are thinking everybody's perfect because all this stuff just washes over people. Nixon had the misfortune of being the president in the time when the technology existed to catch the president doing something bad. He was the first one that got caught because all the rest of them didn't have the technology. And after he got caught, it was just kind of normal. Exactly. He was the first one to get caught because he just happened to be president in the era where he could be caught with evidence. And there was enough media and enough outlets for it to get out and be a scandal. Right? How many other presidents had been caught doing terrible shit years and years prior to that? Every administration prior to him, at least in the last 150 years, but, you know, if you said anything, you ended up in a fucking hole somewhere. We also have a situation now where the buck doesn't stop with the president. It's almost like there's so many people in this complicated government that the president's just doing what he's supposed to do. And all these other bad people are doing things. The president has become less and less important. In the last 50 years, the president has become nothing but a face. He's more of the mascot of the government than anything tangible. He's got a significant amount of power in terms of like veto power and things like that, though. Yeah, but does he? Because he really bows to the senators from the states that help him get elected. Right? It's not vice versa. Right. It's not the other way around. They put There's nothing they free put, thinking about it. No, they put senators in the presidential office. Hmm. So the president that got put into office bows to the people that put him in office and that he hopes will keep him in office for a second term so that he can continue to compound as well. Donald Trump was the, the enigma, but prior to him, when was the last time we had a president that didn't hold some kind of congressional or Senate seat prior to being a president? That's a good question. I'd like to know the answer. So is our decaying society 
a sign of the bad president's in or the bad parties in, or is it just that's just where we are now? I mean, a lot of people say Idiocracy was a documentary, and I would argue that the world we live in today is more like The Hunger Games was a documentary. How so? We have far more separation now than we've ever had in the country between classes. Mm. That sounds like the setup for some kind of socialist or Marxist argument, but it's not. <laughs> but I'll give you an example. When I was in Florida, right, I don't watch TV, really. Like, I don't have cable at my house. I don't watch mainstream TV. The house that I was staying at, they were watching talent shows, I guess we'll call them. Like singing shows, right? People go on and they sing. Oh, yeah. I don't watch any of that shit. But I was dumbfounded sitting there watching it at just the way they dress these people to put them on TV. It's the fucking Hunger Games. It's the fucking Hunger Games that you watched in the movies is exactly what's going on there. It's like this bullshit. You know, everybody knows since Saturday Night Live, everybody knows that the studio audience thing is just bullshit. They have the sign that tells you when to clap and none of it's real. And then you have these people on stage that are just wearing these super weird, like high fashion outfits. And the same thing with the people that are supposedly judging it. It was dystopian to watch. And where hurtling further and further towards that how many people do you come into contact with that agree with even the people that i know that are like liberal most of them don't agree with a lot of the crazy policies that get passed and 90 percent of the population says we don't agree with this shit and somehow these laws get made and this shit get passed yeah we're hurtling towards bad right now and i think on the surface, it looks like our leaders are doing a bad job. So we elected like the wrong people. But is it just a failure of the system? This is just the conclusion of like where the system's going? Or is it also a failure of the money? Or is it just all of the above? I'm trying to figure I out think how it's that, just like on the wrong leader. I don't think that it's we elected the wrong leader. Because it seems to be that it doesn't matter who you elect. They all end up in the same place. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Well, it wasn't as bad with the last leader, but I wonder how much of that was just, it was a different era because things are changing so fast. We live in a society now where that has a complete lack of checks and balances that's dressed up as an overabundance of checks and balances. Or I guess there's a theory there, right? It's either that or there's so many checks and balances that mm. they cancel each other out and that nothing's being checked or balanced. Yeah, you wonder, like, with this next election cycle, everybody's got their hopes on. They get the person they want in, but is it really going to fix anything? But isn't it the same story? This is what I'm talking about. This is what we were just talking about five minutes ago. Isn't it the same story every election cycle? When was the last time we came to an election cycle that, that it didn't feel like a dire situation that we had to elect somebody else for this great change that we wanted? Mm. This feels like the most dire by far, though. Right? Does it though? Because every situation when you're in it feels that way. Every well, election in my lifetime has felt that way. I wasn't overly concerned with the prior elections. I'm not overly concerned with this one, but I felt I wasn't overly concerned with society nearly as much as I am now. Right. But you had Trump versus Hillary. Yeah. That was like, we have to get him in because Hillary's the worst human on the planet. We had Obama 
change. It's all about change. We have to elect Obama because we need this progressiveness and this change. It's the biggest election of our lifetimes. Prior to that, you had Bush twice, but prior to Bush getting elected, it was Bush and Kerry, and it was this big fucking thing that Mm. Bush had to get elected and not Kerry, and everybody thought Kerry was going to get elected. Big scandal with Bill Clinton. We had to get Bill Clinton out. Bill Clinton got impeached, right? We had to have Bush because Clinton was so corrupt. It's every fucking time we have an election, it's bread and circuses. They make it up to be this giant thing that's going to change so much. And everybody, hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. And they elect this person. We're going to have so much change. And it's a fucking nothing burger and business as usual. Leaning on one side or the other of the aisle. But it's honestly, we live in a uniparty state. There is no left or right left. I do think it's mostly theater, actually. But we've talked about this before. There's no conservative. hmm. There's people that run underneath a banner of conservatism, but they don't conserve anything. I just wonder if society is on this event horizon of just rapidly being terrible regardless of what happens at this point like we may have crossed that event horizon probably i want to say that when i said the idiocracy versus hunger games thing i mean that more in idiocracy was like this light-hearted oh like the world's fucked up mm-hmm. it's kind of cool that it's fucked up because it's kind of funny right everything's like hilariously fucked up whereas hunger games everything was like tragically fucked up we are hmm. much more on a tragically fucked up trajectory than we are on a hilariously fucked up trajectory. That sounds right. So figure out what we can do to protect ourselves. Did you see the Rainbow Bridge incident? Yeah. The terrorist attack on the border crossing? Well, it seems unlikely, but it was weird how quickly they were urgently denouncing that it was terrorism, right? Yeah. I felt like they were urgently trying to say that for some reason. I wasn't quite sure. It seemed like it was kind of quick. But the story is it's a local businessman that lost control of his Bentley. At the same time, did you see... uh, I don't know if I can say that. (laughs) Did you see... um, (laughs) Did you see that Derek Chauvin got stabbed? Oh, in prison. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I only bring that up because you said how fast they reported on this car crashing into the border and then arguably one of the biggest news stories of the last 10 years that they made it out to be right it was the result of that was like the blm riots and all that fucking crazy shit right and he gets shivved in prison and nobody knows whether he's dead or alive for like 48 hours I saw multiple stories that he was dead. I saw multiple stories that he was alive. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 he's fine. He's fine. There's a reason for all of it. I think you're on the right train of thought. I think there's a reason for why information leaks at a certain rate, depending on the situation. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. Like, I don't don't suspect anything in particular. No, 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 no. Just like that night, though, they're still doing their investigation and it had just happened and the politicians were all very quick to be like, oh, no, it wasn't anything. It was just an accident. You know, it's like, it's kind of weird. Well, yeah. I mean, the first 12 hours, there was, it's a terrorist attack. There was a bunch of prominent figures saying it was a terrorist attack. Then somebody said that they found an Iranian passport next to the car. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, it's not a terrorist attack. Just kidding. A lot of passports get found during things like this. 
Yes. Funny. That was what I said to my wife when I saw that they said they found a passport. I was like, wow, I need to figure out what these foreign countries are making their passports out of because they survived jet fuel. They survived cars exploding. Yeah. I don't know what mine's made out of, but it ain't made out of whatever that is. I don't know if uh, you remember, but I wanted to complain about Niagara Falls, so I thought this might be a good time to slip that in. Fire away. And we were talking about wonders of the world. Niagara Falls poses as one of the wonders of the world, but actually it's not. It's not an official member. You know how in Orlando everything's mostly nice and clean? And what? the state taxes are like pretty low, right? So, but everything's still what? nice. Huh? Orlando? Yeah. No. Stop it. Well... I mean, the Disney area is nice, and the, the resort the area Dis- is nice. uh, I will give you that. The Disney area and the resort areas of Orlando oh. are nice. The no, rest I'm... of Orlando is a fucking shithole. No, actually, I dispute that. I, I was walking around in uh, downtown Orlando over the weekend. It was actually pretty nice, too. The rest of Orlando is a shithole. Okay. Well, there's nice areas, okay? That's more than we can say about Niagara Falls. <laughs> 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 I've never been to the actual city of Niagara Falls. Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you about it. But I drove through it, went across the border, went on the boat. The story about Orlando is that they don't need a lot of tax money because money flows into it because there's tourism, right? And Niagara Falls should have the same thing. It's actually the oldest state park in the whole country, which is interesting. But the American portion is in New York, and it's a major tourist attraction. And we also have high state taxes. We should have access to cheap, clean energy because there's a hydro dam right there, right? So it should just be booming, but it's not. It's a dangerous, desolate, polluted Mad Max wasteland. The nicest buildings in the town of Niagara are a, a new gas station, and there's a storage facility they built in the parking lot of a defunct Kmart. And those are like the t- two nicest developments in the town of Niagara Falls. <laughs> it's got a high crime rate and murder rate. It was once one of the highest in the country, and recently it's been lowered, but I wonder if they're even reporting it, because apparently they don't have to report things, or maybe there's not enough people there to even kill each other anymore. In a recent census, neighboring Buffalo, Syracuse, and Rochester were like all in like the top 40-ish in the country for murder rates, and I can't imagine Niagara Falls being any better than them. So but, funny um, that you say that, Orlando. Hmm. You have a one in twenty-one chance of being a victim of a violent crime. Is that high? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, Orlando didn't feel that bad walking around downtown compared to like Baltimore or even New York City. Orlando's pretty chill. <laughs> I'll take my chances in Orlando. But an excuse for the downfall of Niagara Falls and a whole bunch of other New York cities is that it's in the Rust Belt. And that's a term for shitty cities that once had a steel industry. And since steel went away, the cities faltered. What's that, Niagara? Niagara Falls, Buffalo, like Cleveland, Pittsburgh. But those other cities, they modernized, while cities like Niagara Falls and Buffalo basically did not. But we've talked about short-term thinking leading to many societal problems. And this is a Bitcoin topic because Bitcoin incentivizes long-term thinking. You and I talked about things like how monocropping and depleting soil is bad and one-time plastics are bad and flimsy buildings are bad. Jesus. Niagara Falls is a shithole. Right? (laughs) Wow. But Niagara Falls is a masterclass in short-term thinking. They did everything possible to fuck it up. 
In the first half of the 20th century, instead of focusing on tourism, they focused on paper, rubber, plastics, petrochemicals, carbon insulators, and abrasives. So they had like the eighth wonder of the world and decided that they can make products that heavily pollute the environment. So they should do that instead. And then to support those industries, instead of focusing on developing the town and the waterfront, they built a highway right along the waterfront. The entire waterfront's a highway. So you can't actually have any nice buildings on the water. Nice. One of the nicer things in Niagara Falls, sadly, is an outlet mall. That's like what people go there for. And it's on a highway. And across the highway is a mountain of a landfill. They actually made the garbage dump like right in the middle of the city. And speaking of idiocracy, it's like a mountain. Like you could look at it and be like, oh, I could ski down that. And they just put it in the middle of the town. So when you're standing in the town, you can smell like all these chemicals and stuff coming from the landfill. Nice. (laughs) Have you heard of Love Canal? No. It's a suburb of uh, Niagara Falls and it's academically widely considered the greatest environmental disaster in United States history. They improperly buried all these toxic chemicals and the poor families and schools had all this shit bubbling up. They visibly saw like stuff oozing up through the soil and everybody's getting all these cancers and illnesses. In 1978, President Carter declared it a a national state of emergency. It was the first time ever that a non-natural disaster was a national state of emergency and they evacuated a bunch of people. And then by the 1960s, basically the industries mostly died off because it was expensive to operate in Niagara Falls. It probably didn't help. Niagara Falls has a lot of corruption. And logistically, it was hard to do shipping because there was a big waterfall there. (laughs) So all this stuff just left. And the whole place is like a mess. It's just full of landfills and roads where they shouldn't be and landfills where they shouldn't be. Just a whole bunch of inoperable plants. And it's just one of the most horrible places you could possibly visit. Nice. I'll be planning a trip next year. Yeah. Sounds like cheap real estate. It's pretty cheap. I own an office building there, which is like one of my dumber moves. (laughs) Niagara Falls is a huge shithole. Yeah, I own an office building there. That's a long story, man. That would not have been my choice. It's amazing that Niagara Falls preceded idiocracy. I'm glad I got that off my chest. Yeah, do you feel better? I do. Tell me something new about Bitcoin. Why me? Because I don't have anything new. (laughs) Neither do I, which is good news. No news is good news. Fees are Are semi-normal again. Did you miss my sweet Gary Gnu joke? I did. You said fees are getting better? They're semi-normal levels again. Last time I looked, I don't know, a few days ago. Weren't they really high the last time we talked, which was a week ago? Yeah, they were like 150 sets of V-Byte or something. And then I looked and they were like 40. Yeah, they're right around there. Why has it changed so much? Uh, I don't know. The ordinal fags are running out of money. When I got into Bitcoin, it was more than 10 years ago now. And in principle, Bitcoin was exactly the same as it is now. Back then, it made sense that fiat money is bad and sound money is really unlikely to be duplicated. And the institutions were going to come in. And once that cascade started, there was no stopping it. And it was going to be Bitcoin to the moon. And that was like more than 10 years ago. And now it kind of just feels like things are exactly the same. Like it's nice that in the middle of a bear market, the price is where it is actually. But it's not to the moon. And it's kind of like where you watch the Holy Grail and you see the guy pretending to be on a horse. and They're making the galloping sounds. 
and then you look up and he's in the same spot and the galloping sounds you look up in the same spot like that's how i feel about bitcoin <laughs> are we holding coconuts is that what you're saying are we the coconut clappers of bitcoin? we might be we might be i mean we're doing okay but one thing i was thinking about was really in the last five ten years there's not really that many more maybe since 2017 is when a lot of new people came in we're not gaining like a lot of new users at all. It's like the same people. And what's happening is that those few same people, if Bitcoin goes up, I think those few same people are going to do well. But society is really still out there outside of this whole thing. Yeah, a lot more people know or have at least heard of it. And it makes the rounds on financial TV now. They heard about it in 2013, though. In those I didn't. bubble manias. A lot of people came in in that 17 bull run, right? I don't really feel like we got a ton in the 21 run. I think I we did. I could be wrong. Uh, the first time I heard of it was like 18, 17, 18. Mm -hmm. was the first time it showed up on my radar. Okay. Had never heard of it prior to that. So you got in after that bull run? That's not important. Jesus Christ, dude. All right. <laughs> the institutions really haven't started buying. The pension funds, I don't think, have started at all. Supposedly, these ETFs are like the next big thing that people are excited about. But it just seems like kind of the same speculation we've had for 10 years. There's going to be a lot of market manipulation. We're going to grab for quite some time, if not indefinitely. The institutions are going to use the ETF to manipulate the Bitcoin market and make and ask ton of money because they have the money to manipulate. Yep. Hopefully it's just greed and hopefully it's not, they want to kill Bitcoin by rehypothecating it. No, you don't kill the goose that lays the golden egg. Hmm. The golden egg is the money printer. This is a money printer. If they you have the money to manipulate the market, they don't want, if you have BlackRock money, Bitcoin's uh -huh. a money printer. Right. In the short Because time. you can push and pull and push and pull and gain money on puts. You gain money every time the market moves if you play it right. And if you have term, the money to be able to control that market, it is a money printer. Companies like Bangkok would do better in the long term if they killed Bitcoin. Because like Bitcoin BlackRock? allows normies to compete with them. Like BlackRock? Bangkok. That's a country. I'm afraid to say what you said. <laughs> I like being alive. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of a pro-Bitcoin financial guy named Lawrence Leppard? Nope. Okay. I've heard of him uh, through some podcasts and YouTube videos. And he's like one of these guys that talks about all the problems in the system that brings him to Bitcoin. He likes Bitcoin as sound money. But he's also like a gold bug. And you have a lot of these financial guys that are like, I like Bitcoin and I like gold. And I think that's so weird because gold has been around for thousands of years and it just hasn't solved the problem at all. And I think a lot of people start there, though. It's weird for these guys who are kind of like famous personalities in the, quote, Bitcoin space that hold on to this kind of fantasy, though. Um, Peter Schiff. 
Yeah, well, he's not even like a Bitcoin guy, you know, but I don't... I, there's Bitcoin no, guys. He's, Bitcoiners. A, he's an avid, the system is broken, money is broken, fiat is junk. Peter Schiff? Yeah. Yeah. He's like the guy, as far as the financial world is concerned, that but talks about fiat being broken. But he's very, like, anti-Bitcoin, right? I mean, I guess if you want to believe that. Mm, right, right, right. Well, publicly, I guess public. I mean, he wouldn't talk about it that much if he was actually anti-Bitcoin. Hmm. But these gold bugs are like this thing that hasn't done shit to protect us for a lot of Shiny obvious rock reasons. Good. Huh? Shiny rock good. Yeah, well, they're saying it's increasingly becoming necessary to protect us and they will win in the long run is what they're saying. And it's just really silly. Yeah, it's the same idea as like silver. I know plenty of people that are like hardcore silver dudes. I don't get it. You could kill. Like I found a, I found a shopping bag, like a Shaw's bag full of silver coins, in uh, my place in Maine, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah." I left them right where they were. It's like, right, does nothing for me. I mean, yeah. What do you do with it? I have some gold trinkets too, and it's just kind of sit there. And when I need something, yeah. it's like it's not liquid at all. What am I supposed to do with it? Yeah, I'm not carrying a card in my wallet that I'm going to take a knife and slice a piece of my gold off. The that's like a big argument amongst the people that are like precious metal people. That like, oh, if it all collapses, like you're going to be able to shave a little piece off this card and buy you know whatever you need with it. And it's like if the fucking society as a whole collapses to that point it's going to be a shiny rock it's not going to mean shit people are going to trade for things that have value to them nobody's going to be able to eat your fucking sliver of gold from the card in your pocket wasn't you telling me about the credit cards you could break off pieces yeah they have like a bunch of little pieces on them that are like the size of a sim card and a cell phone and you can like snap them off supposedly you're going to snap them off and pay for things with them i'm like imagine like being one of these guys and you get like half in Bitcoin, half in gold. And you've been in it, let's say you're like me, over like 10 years. They got to look at that and be like, well, Bitcoin's up like 50x on gold. Or that's not true. It's probably like 20. But at one time it was around 40. And it's, it's like, gotta be more they're just going to stay with that narrative? It's got to be more than that. There was a time we were all excited. That Bitcoin's going to be up like 500x on in the last 10 years. Well, yeah. Well, like 10 years ago, it was like, uh, I mean, exactly 10 years ago, it was uh, about a thousand, maybe. Wow. Ah, no, it's probably around 800. Because it was the mania of December 13, when it topped out 1160, I think. So 2013, gold was, I'll go with the highest number they have listed here, which is like 1600 an ounce. Yeah. And then Bitcoin fell off and Bitcoin was what a thousand ten years ago? It got up late that year in the frothy bull run, like eleven sixty. And then it crashed like 150 or something like that. And then it didn't hit a thousand again until around January first, two thousand seventeen. And it didn't reach gold parity until I want to say in the first half of like 2017, like it reached quote parity with an ounce of gold. I mean, it's like very arbitrary, but 
even that though, I mean, gold was they're saying right here the high was twelve thirty eight. Bitcoin high twelve thirty eight in two thousand thirteen. So it didn't reach it through what sixteen hundred and for gold at the same time, and now Bitcoin is what. 37,000 today, 38,000 today, but I mean, one time it was 69, right? It's, That's I mean, what a 20, we'll call that a 20x. I mean, one, one of these things over the long term protects you from inflation, and one of them does not. And it's kind of like the whole point. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad I came in when I came in because I'm completely numb to price action. The first couple of years was severe pain. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am too. I'm just saying like historically, though, if you're comparing like gold to it and saying, okay, which one's serving this purpose to keep me afloat? Gold's just silly. Yeah. I don't understand the argument for gold. I don't. Historically, we've seen the government say it's illegal to own gold. And we've seen what that looks like. I don't see the argument for precious metals at all. And it's only one thing that saves us. I'm glad that's because... self-sufficiency. What? I said that's self-sufficiency. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> but unlike you, I am glad we can fly airplanes because I live in icy hellscape and I'd go crazy if I didn't have the ability to drive 15 minutes and then fly somewhere sunny. And we flew an environmentally friendly airplane to Orlando and I visited my brother. Is it cold there? Hmm. It was like 60 to 75. It wasn't bad. Got some. No, summer. how cold is it where you are? Oh, uh, right now, I don't know, 40, 45. No. Oh. What are you complaining about? It's not, I saw it snowing time. a little today. It was snowing on me a little. Supposed to snow here tomorrow. Orlando's just objectively a lot shit. better. But I we spent the cold. That's weird. I'm a cold weather animal. We went to Epcot and that was really cool, but I'm not sure it's worth like $200 a person to go to Epcot. No. Disney Springs is better for like shopping and dining and that's free. Hey, uh, question. What's Japan's climate like? Uh, they have winter, right? I think so. I don't know. What the fuck do you mean you don't know? You're Japanese. I'm an American bitch. Yeah, but I mean, like, really? <laughs> I think it's similar here, but like a little warmer. Oh, that sucks. I the guess... country where my family's from has almost no fluctuation in temperature all year. Well, that's similar to like the uh, ABC Islands in the Caribbean, like Aruba's like that. I want to say it's like California. Warm. Not that warm. High in the summer is like 75. Low in the winter is like 55. Mm. Kind of stagnant all year. Cuba? <laughs> yes. Cool. So my brother lives in a high rise. He's got a view of this Lake Eola. Have you heard of that? In Florida? Yeah. Downtown. They have a lake downtown. I think it's man-made. But it's a mile around. It's really nice. They got all these nice buildings around it and they've got Christmas lights and it's a beautiful park. Sounds great. Like exotic birds in it. So him and his wife took us on a walk around this lake. And 
it was beautiful. It was a little bit uncomfortable because we saw maybe 20 homeless people sitting around. And honestly, they were fine. They didn't bother anybody, but just makes you a little sad. And that's a part of like the downtown experience. We get done with our walk and we're leaving the lake and we pass this fountain. And the fountain's got all these coins in it. It's just full of quarters, basically. And coins? They could have been Bitcoins. It might be some Bitcoiners were trying to wish for an early bull run or maybe wishing for Coinbase to implode. That would be what I would wish for. But it was striking because you've got all these homeless people sitting around and they've got nothing to do. And it's like 80 degrees and there's all these U.S. currency coins in the fountain and they don't even take them. I don't think they're being sentimental for people's wishes. It's just that the dollar's fallen so much that people with nothing won't even bother to wait in a foot of water to grab the coins. Yeah, it takes a lot of coins to buy anything. When are we going to do away with coins? This is the real question. You want to talk about environmental impact? The government talks about environmental impact all the time and the things that we're doing as citizens that are hurting the environment right. um, and never talks about the mass production of coins that no one uses. Well, you're assuming the only time you come in contact with coins mm -hmm. is when you get change for paying in cash. Right. When was the last time that you went to go pay for something and you dug in your pocket to count out 38 cents? My daughter came back with change the other day. She gave me like a penny. I was like, why are you giving this to me? What are you supposed to do with that? Exactly. I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if prolific's the right word, but I remember this point in my life because I was in a pretty bad way at that time in my life. I want to say it was like 2013, 14, maybe earlier. But copper was way up. Scrap copper, mm -hmm. selling copper. There were a bunch of guys that got in a bunch of trouble for melting down pennies. Scrapping the copper from the melted down pennies because the pennies weren't worth shit, but the copper was worth more than the penny. It's all zinc, though, so the joke's on them. Now or then, too? I think it's been for a while. But yeah, I get your point. I mean, whatever metal it is, it's like worth more than what the penny's worth. Yeah. There were guys that were like melting them down into blocks and scrapping the blocks. I mean, they have to maintain the illusion that the currency is not totally failing. And if they take away the coins, that would be kind of a black eye for them. They're just fucking useless. I don't get it. I have jars full of them all over my house. There were times in my life where I would count change to buy food and shit. Now I have like mason jars full of coins that just... Well, also, as they have this war on cash and they're trying to steer us towards CBDC, they want to make this shit really inconvenient for us too. Right? Oh, you have all these dirty coins that are heavy and they're hard to pick up and hard to use. So why don't we go towards the CBDC? Like that's a convenient narrative too. I don't feel like that's an argument for CBDC, personally. For a lot of people, that stuff is, though. Oh, it's just inconvenient. I want you, I want you and anybody who has nothing better to do with their life that decides to listen to this train wreck to ask 10 people that you come into contact with in the next week how much they use cash. Mm. In the construction trade, you see it even less now than you used to. But when was the last time you physically touched cash? I know I, at the end of my work week, I get a piece of paper that says how much money I'm paid for that week. And I take that piece of paper to an institution and I give them that piece of paper. 
and they put it in this magical place that I don't see that supposedly holds said money, and they give me this piece of plastic, and I take that piece of plastic and stick it in a machine at a store, and it supposedly deducts those make-believe things that were on the piece of paper from the place that I never see in order for me to receive things. I like it when these family restaurants give you two prices, one in cash and one for the credit card. Like I respect that. I try to pay cash when they do that. Gas stations too. Do they? Cash and credit. It should be a different price. Two different prices. But even that's going away. That used to be common. That was very common. For years and years and years, that was common. At every gas station, there was one price for cash, one price for, for credit. Of course, you're probably talking about the time where like, you would walk in with a card and they put it on that machine on the counter and they go, <laughs> and it gave them a carbon copy of your card. <laughs> well, it would be bad if cash went away. It would. I'm not arguing that it wouldn't be bad, but I'm arguing that the people that are saying, oh my God, they're going to take away cash. Tell me the last fucking time you used cash. And I'm not talking about to buy a 40 bag of weed from your drug dealer. When was the last time you used cash in like a some sort of a professional setting? Fucking right. never. Never. If you're trying to get a better deal on breakfast at a family-run mm -hmm. restaurant, if you're trying to get a better deal on the guy that's going to put gutters on your house or clean the gutters out at your house, sure. Right. Or if you're getting a sketchy taxi, you want to get your card skimmed. Yes, that's the way to say it, right? Uh, personal transactions, sure. But in any kind of retail setting or anything like that, when was the last time you used cash? You don't walk into fucking Macy's and use cash. Like it's Hold real advantage. To, hang on, I have to scream at my dog. Okay. Give him a good what for. Well, wait a the real advantage of cash is this non-KYC. Yeah, but our, the thing is, the system we live in is so swamped that, like, unless you make a substantial amount of money, they don't give a fuck about you or your money. I personally know guys that run small businesses that have made somewhere between a quarter and a half a million dollars a year for the last six years and fucking haven't paid any taxes. But now with processing power and AI, they can afford to give a fuck about you because it's not going to take any work to look at everything now. Yeah, but that being said, if you're somebody that makes sub a hundred grand, they they don't they don't. These are the they same people that say, "Tell us what you're doing with that six hundred dollars." Supposedly, you know anybody that's got audited over six hundred dollar transaction on Cash App? Do not. Hmm. Strange. I know a couple of Bitcoiners that got audited by Cash App, though. That's what you do, said. You do hear stories of people that try to take $5,000 out of the bank and they give them a hard time. What are you going to use this money for? Yeah, absolutely. But I also know somebody who spent $40,000 via check and hasn't paid taxes in years and had no issues. Hmm. So... I think things slipping through the cracks, though, are going to get less quickly. Possibly. For example... When or they do... just crank up the money printer and care less. We've talked about this before. None of the people in power mm. care about long-term anything because all they care about is the money they want to make right now. And most of them are old as fuck and they're going to die soon anyway. Then why are they always trying to keep people down, though? 
because they're trying to make as much money as they can now. I'll give you an example. When I work, you know, I write drugs and a lot of times the insurance companies say, well, we don't want to pay for that drug. And you have to hit on all the points in your note saying, well, I need this drug and not the cheap drug you want me to prescribe. And, and so you have to have all the stuff in your note. And in the old days, they'd have to pay somebody to look at my note and make sure I did set all the things, but they didn't have enough people. So a lot of times the note just slipped by. Half the time, it would just go through. Now, nothing goes through because they're actually skimming our notes with AI now. And they're looking for all the points and they can do it without any work. So if they can find a way to tax us harder, you know, it doesn't cost them anything. Like, I don't see what's going to stop them from doing it. Yeah. I think the establishment at large wants a cashless society because they want something like a CBDC, right? Mm -hmm. They want to make sure that everything is a taxable event. And I see a future of a cashless society where something like the barter system comes back or flourishes. Actually, I would go as far as to say that something like the barter system flourishes in an environment like a cashless society. So if it's so totalitarian, then people will opt for barter more? They'll see more value in bartering. People are always going to look for a way to transact without having extra fingers in their pocket. Yeah. If I have something that I can trade to you, or if I can trade a service for an item or for goods, as opposed to trading the service for money and getting taxed on it and then spending that money on the goods and getting taxed again, mm -hmm. I think people will start to see more and more value in that as we lean more and more towards a cashless society. I mean, if money served as Which, real by money... by the way, is fucking inevitable. Yeah. But if money served its purpose as real money, then people would do that. But the money is becoming so poisoned that you foresee people just opting to go kind of backwards and do barter. I can see that. I don't think it's backwards. I just think people that live in densely populated areas think that it's going backwards. Whereas people that live in rural areas know that it's alive and well and always has been. It's just backwards in that money did solve problems. I guess. If you can have a, what do they call it? A coincidence of wants, is that what they call that? Then you barter works and that's assuming you're able to transport the two things you want to trade or service. Yeah, I think barter have. works hand in hand with a self-sufficient community. Mm. I think the place that barter comes into play is with the things that you want, not the things that you need. Mm -hmm. You can provide 95% of the things that you need for yourself, mm -hmm. then money is far less important. Having a medium of exchange is far less important. You live in a relatively populated area, a thousand people, right, for a round number. Mm -hmm. There's a pretty good chance you're going to be able to find somebody in those thousand people that can provide you with whatever you can't provide for yourself and vice versa. You'll be able to provide something for. It's tough, though, because a lot of communities are becoming more divided, right? All communities are completely divided. I mean, unless you get into like one of your like-minded community utopia. Yeah, I mean, this is why I laugh at shit like diversity is our strength. It makes me laugh. 
I challenge anybody who subscribes to that ideal to show me one time in recorded history where diversity was ever a strength hmm. in any shape. I'm not sure it in itself is a weakness, but our strength is really like-mindedness. I didn't say it was a weakness. Yeah. But I struggle to see where an immense amount of diversity has ever changed things for the better historically. Hmm. I think the classic example is, oh, look at America. America rose to become the greatest nation and we're diverse. Yeah, but every statement you just made is up for debate slash propaganda. Yeah. There's a famous show or movie clip from Jeff Daniels where he talks about that. Have you seen that? No. You know who Jeff Daniels is? Dumb and Dumber guy? Yeah. Yeah. He's a politician in some show. And he's given a speech in this show and he says, oh, America is the greatest country in the world. And then he's like, in what? And he goes down the list of all these fucking things. And he's like, we're 53rd in this and 42nd in that. And he's like, we're not number one in, in anything. Hmm. And somehow they've led you to believe we're the greatest country in the world. I would say the ideals that the country was founded on had the potential to be the greatest country in history. Yeah. I mean, it's not even like a topic I really want to get into, but it's just like, I'm just giving you like, that's what people would say to support diversity, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm well acquainted with all the arguments as to why people think. Yeah. But, you know, what people think and what the realities are are two very different things. Like-minded communities once existed in far larger proportions when the country was far less populated. It was easy for like-minded people to converge together and proceed to live out their lives. A perfect example is like the Amish community, right? Mm -hmm. Like a current example. What do the Amish need from us? They need to be left alone. And they're somehow, they stay alive, they eat, they live in side buildings. They don't live in mud huts. They don't hold cardboard signs on the side of the road asking you for money so they can go buy coffee. The reason I don't want to get into that argument much is just because there's no right answer, right? It's just this abstract kinds of ideas, right? And people just get very passionate about it. And I just find it's not like useful to like. Yeah, I, I think as soon as you start arguments. getting like passionate via like, yeah, it loses any vigor that the right. conversation like, had. People be like, oh, what? You don't love America? You know, it's just like, you know, they'll draw all kinds of stuff out of stuff like that. Yeah, but, it's. But I have a related topic. My my whole point of bringing it up is the original point that I started with that I guess you could boil it down and say the more we push towards a cashless society and a heavily taxed society, the more you're going to see smaller rural communities leaning back towards something like what the Amish do. Just leave us alone. We choose not to partake in that system. The system has become so defunct and so corrupt that we would rather provide for ourselves what we can provide for ourselves. Yeah. I think this next topic is going to make you go Amish. I don't need much convincing to go Amish. (laughs) I tell my wife all the time that if I would have had daughters instead of sons, we'd have been Amish. I'd have converted. Why? Why? I'm not built for uh, the way the world is today to have a daughter. My hat and my heart go out to people like yourself who are raising a daughter in today's world. Yeah, man, it's messed up. 
Yeah, but, it's tough. I mean, I'm not sure boys are much better being raised in this world. I mean, it's just, it's a mess, but. Um, yeah, a wise old man once told me you have a son, you have one dick to worry about. You have a daughter, you got to worry about every dick in the world. All right, so, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to talk about this. So anyway, <laughs> speaking so of anyway, my daughter. Next topic. One of the dads on my kids' lacrosse team, he lives in a pretty affluent neighborhood, next neighborhood over from us. And when I was growing up, that was a neighborhood that was always very fancy and unobtainable for me. And apparently they're housing migrants at a hotel there. This hotel got just transformed into migrant housing. So now all of a sudden he's got a whole bunch of migrants next block over from his house, right? Nice. And there's this big influx of people near him with nothing to lose. And he was telling me, this was just yesterday. He was telling me that his son for years would leave his bike unlocked on the front lawn, like behind a bush. And it was fine. And the other day the bike disappeared. And yesterday he was driving to lacrosse practice right before I saw him. And he saw a lady riding his son's bike. And he was sure it was his son's bike because it had very specific features. So he pulls his car over and confronts the lady. And he says, that's my son's bike. Where did you get it? And she sounded kind of unsure of herself, but she said she bought it from a man for 40 or $50. And he's like, well, was it $40 or was it $50? And he said, well, I don't really care where you got it, but I'm taking this bike now. And she didn't really put up any fight, but he had to like take his bike back from this lady. And it just seems like his home is less safe for his family. And I'm sure when he moved in that neighborhood, that was like the farthest thing from his mind because it used to be a great neighborhood, right? And I just think that's, one of many examples of societal decay that's happening and it's kind of related to immigration. But I've just been thinking about it and I think the real problem isn't so much immigrants themselves, but there's a different set of rules for different people. Like that's like kind of a fiat phenomenon. And these people with nothing to lose aren't punished financially when they misbehave. So for working people, it's really expensive to misbehave. You and I might lose our jobs or pay a fine or have to hire a lawyer to fight legal battles. God forbid we have a trial. And another price that you and I would pay is our reputations, right? If you have a reputation and you did something wrong, they'll say like, oh no, don't do business with Frito. He did this really bad thing and you don't want to work with him, right? So right. if all of a sudden you bring people in your neighborhood and they don't have jobs to lose, they're exempt from fines. They get their legal fees paid for by the rest of us. And they don't have reputations to lose, which might be the worst thing of all. Then you shouldn't be surprised when people misbehave. Right. And I've always said that people with nothing to lose are kind of dangerous. The most dangerous, arguably. Yeah. A man with nothing to lose. I think that plays into a big reason why you see this push for people to not have kids it has to do with the want to destabilize the country, right? You have a much more destable country when you have a country full of people who have nothing to lose. You're not fighting for anything. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with this philosophical question the other day about who don't have family or anything. Do you not wake up any day and wonder what the purpose of life is. So if you reach mid-30s, and for a lack of better terms, you're tax cattle, right? I want your honest input on this. Yeah. 
you reach mid thirties, you have no significant other you're married to, you have no offspring, right? You live in a apartment or even say you bought a house. What is the purpose of life? Is there never a day where you wake up and look around and say, there has to be something more? You know, for me, the greatest purpose is family and, and my child. But I think that maybe not so much now, but people can find purpose in hmm, thinking, creating, being happy and helping others. Right. And I think that there's an argument for that. But in fiat society, that's very unlikely that those things are going to happen. <laughs> even an artist, right? If we're going to go on the creating and all, even an artist needs a muse. What is your muse if you have nothing? The well, nothingness is what your muse is? I, I get where you're coming from, but I don't know. Other people find value in different things, right? Austrian but economics, question, all value subjective. So this question... I raised this question because I think that this has a lot to do with the mainstream media push of not even the mainstream media push to chisel it down to its main tenant, right? The destruction of the nuclear family, mm. the non-existence of the nuclear family. If you don't want to use an abrasive word like destruction. Yeah. It goes along with what I was just saying about how they always seem like they're trying to weaken people. Yeah. It feeds into hopelessness. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to feel black-pilled and hopeless and there's nothing to live for if you have nothing that you live for. Mm -hmm. Like you just said, your joy in life comes from providing for your wife, your child, your family. That is what means something to you. Where we lose the repetition of having something because even yeah. those people can be like, I don't have kids myself and I'm not married myself, but my family means something to me. Well, how many generations does that last for? Yeah. Well, I think that it's hard to have wholesome things other than family in fiat world. I would argue it's the only wholesome thing. And I would argue the people that think the same way you love your child, I love my dog. You say that because you don't have a child. You have no concept of what the love is from a parent to a child and you can never have a concept of what that love is until you have a child hmm. you know how i know because i remember not having children and thinking i knew what love meant and then i had children i'll put it to you like this my dog uh if it ran out into traffic if i saw it running out into traffic I would run up to the edge of the road and I'd be like, oh, no, and see it get hit by a car. If my child ran out into traffic, I would run out in front of said car to save my child. Yeah, there's a difference there. Also, plenty of people have experienced the death of a pet. Far less, I don't know the statistics, but I would say far less people experience the death of a pet and it destroys the rest of their life they literally cannot function as a human because of the death of that pet hmm. on the other hand i know plenty of people who have lost children that it literally fucks them up for the rest of their life 
Yeah, I could see that. I was talking to my buddy last night and one of his dogs has cancer and they decided to give it a chance. They went through a round of chemo. It was like $10,000. And a couple of years later, like the tumor came back and they're trying to make a decision. Like, do we spend another $10,000 or we let nature take its course? These are concepts that you wouldn't have with children. Right. That would not even be a subject of debate with your kid. You'd be like, liquidate every fucking thing I own yeah. to make it happen. I with think the dog, you're like, more... eh, you know, I kind of want a new truck. Do I get the cancer? <laughs> like, I mean, when they neuter all of us and make us have like pod children, they'll take that away from us too. But right now, that's like one of the only real things that we have in, in fiat culture. Something real to live for. It's mm-hmm. it's a it it has the potential for a future episode to be a deep philosophical conversation because I, I was thinking I this about was it the a other deep day. philosophical conversation. No, I was yeah maybe. I was thinking about it the other day. It really just struck me. We went down to to Florida for Thanksgiving and we spent it with a married couple that has no kids that are mid thirties and doesn't want any kids. And I just had this moment driving to the store thinking in my head, like there's not a single day that you wake up and be like, what is the point? What is the point? What is the purpose of me being alive? You is your legacy going to be the guy? stone that you... You're like, Frito, <laughs> you're so black pill and you're bringing me down all the time. You're such a downer. Well, it's only a downer if you don't have kids. I guess, I guess the point is go make some fucking babies. Go have some kids. Don't listen to what society tells you. And it, it's funny too, right? Because sitting and listening to people like that talk, they talk about kids like, oh my God, like, whoa. Like, oh, if we had kids, we'd be broke. And you're just like, you don't understand anything that's important in life at all. You don't understand what you're missing because of what you're so desperate to hold on to. You're so desperate to hold on to this foolish fiat concept of something that matters that you're missing the thing that money can't buy right i think i've told you that story many times that i had this guy that i knew that my mom worked for for like 25 years super successful businessman multiple millionaire many times over right very 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 wealthy Mm -hmm. i at one time he said to me i couldn't spend the interest that, that my money makes in the bank so one of the most impactful things anybody ever said to me was that guy saying to me when I sat down with him because I was going to start a business, I sat down with him to dinner and he said to me, I shouldn't be so concerned about money and that I should focus on my family. And that his wife had passed away when I was maybe 14 or so from cancer. And he looked me dead in the eyes and he said to me, the only thing I want in this world, my money can't buy me. I just want my wife back. That is what I'm talking about. You have this generation of people that are gripping so tightly because they've fallen in love with the luxury of being able to buy the new iPhone when it comes out and drive a flashy car and all this stupid shit that means nothing and refuse to have the one thing that really means something because they're afraid they'll lose this fiat trash. Yep. And I know it's not everybody's story, right? Oh, fucking people, whatever. Yeah, ooh, I'm so happy, whatever. But 
there's a large majority, especially of the younger generation that have that way of thinking. Yeah. I want this. I want that. I want to get this. And I'm not going to be able to get that because I'm going to be broke if I have a kid. They've got no concept of like opportunity cost. No concept of what actually matters in life. I have bought many expensive things in my life and I have gone many places. I've been all over Europe, been many, many places, done a ton of things. There is no instant of joy that I have felt from any of the things I have bought or any of the things I have done that compare to coming home from a day of work, sitting on the couch and my kids sit with me and just want to be with me. Nothing, nothing. I've driven half million dollar cars and none of it gave me that feeling. Wait, wait, wait. Your kids sitting on your lap are better than driving a car? Yes. Wow. Dude, before I finish this thought, your camera's sideways and it's like making me dizzy. Yeah, I know. I don't know what happened there. Jesus Christ. I don't know. You're sideways the other way. I can't. <laughs> uh, All right, whatever. Nope. So this uh, people with nothing to lose thing, it's not just an immigration issue. We're creating a lot of these people domestically now. Yeah, I think the culture at large creates that problem. It forces that view that oh, it's okay to be whatever the fuck that is. What do they call them? Oh my God, they have a name for them. What do they call them? Uh, fuck. Dinks. I'm not going to edit this part out. Dinks. They're called dinks. Dual dinks? income, no kids. Dinks. Oh, dinks. There's literally a whole community of dinks out there. They call themselves dinks. I don't understand it. Well, I don't know. I guess my point of bringing that up is that we're going to have such a sad generation in like 20 years when the realization hits. I feel like, especially people in my position, right? Like early to mid thirties that have bought into that lie are going to hit mid to late forties and be like, Oh my God, what did I do? Because they're going to have that moment that that guy talked about. Right? Mm -hmm. All the money in the world can't buy me that one thing that I missed out on. I mean, it's almost optimistic to... And I'm I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I'm just saying it's it's almost optimistic to think that people are going to have a moment of clarity in the distant future. That's fair. If thinking (laughs) keeps going... See, this is why you're the black belt guy. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, hopefully we're wrong. But speaking we're of people not, with hopefully nothing, we are. <laughs> speaking of people with nothing to lose, it might be a good time for a wrench defense. Wrench defense. Wrench defense. Yes, I want to do something a little bit different this week. I want to take the idea of wrench defense and kind of roll it together with self-sufficiency and how that can help protect you from things that want to harm you, right? Whatever form that may take. So I think 
As far as self-sufficiency, I think one of the most important things you can own, especially today with like the, the developments that are happening is a 3D printer. Oh yeah, I was thinking about this. Just how far they've come in the last five years is insane. The amount of things that are available, if you've never thought about it or even looked into them, I highly encourage you to take five minutes of your life and go to thingverse.com or thingiverse.com. Forget exactly how it's spelled. Okay. And just scroll through the pages. Basically, it's this massive library of files that you can print on your 3D printer. And they have every conceivable thing you could ever think of. And I'll give you an example. You know when you buy a five-gallon gas can? And the five-gallon gas can, when the spout is on the inside, this is prior to all those stupid safety things on a five-gallon gas can. Editor's note. Safety on gas cans is lame. Am I right? But it used to be there was a nozzle that went inside the gas can and a little plastic plug that went in the back of it. And then you would unscrew the cap and take the plastic plug off and flip the nozzle around and put it through and you'd put gas in your lawnmower or whatever. But if you lose that little stupid plastic plug, you had to buy a whole new plastic jug. They have a file for that on Thingverse. You can literally just print the little stupid plastic plug. But they have everything you can possibly conceive of. It feels like that'd be better for the environment just buying a whole new can. I don't see how you're using this much plastic as opposed to. Well, that's what I'm saying. If it would be better if they just let you make the little piece of plastic that you need. Right. Right. But there's innumerable applications for having a 3D printer. And they're so much more user friendly today than they were five years, even three years ago. I'm glad you brought it up because in New York, they're talking about making it hard to get one. They're talking about making people get a permit before they're allowed to have a 3D printer. So I was thinking about getting one just while I can because there's a lot of things, including Bitcoin, that are like that now. Which is immensely foolish to me, right? It's under the same guise of uh, you need a background check to go into the bank and get a roll of quarters because people have used rolls of quarters. They put them in their hand and they've punched somebody and it's like makeshift brass them. So we're going to need a background check for you to get a roll of quarters. Look at Stabby Britain. (laughs) Stabby, Stabby. Exactly. It's chasing your tail when it comes to trying to outlaw things because somebody might do such and such a thing. I think I told you that story before, but I had a similar issue, we'll say, in my town. They wanted me to get a permit to get a second electrical meter put in at my house. And... I was like, why? And the building inspector at the time said to me, well, you can't have a second electrical meter at your house because you might have an illegal apartment if you have a second electrical meter. To which, luckily, my electrician is also on the town council. And my electrician was there with me. And he said to him, he's like, you can't not let him do something because he might do something that you don't want him to do. That's like saying we're not going to give you a license because you might drive drunk. You can't do that. I just feel like that's the same every time they come out with some new regulation that's supposed to stop somebody that might do something illegal with something. You're chasing your tail. If bad people want to do bad shit, they're going to do bad shit regardless of. Are there good reasons right, look for at the people to get a second? I was making bombs in a fucking cabin in the middle of nowhere out of matches and fucking, you know what I mean? 
Like mm. he, he didn't need all these extravagant things in order to do bad things. Why do people get a second electric meter? I wanted it so I could mine Bitcoin with. So I could keep the Bitcoin bill separate from my house bill. I gotcha. But they don't the state. But a lot of people out here have them for their farm. Uh-huh. We have okay. a, a greenhouse here and stuff like that. It makes it easier at tax time. You go to file your taxes okay. and yeah, you so file like, your farm taxes separate. There's from legit your house reasons taxes. why people would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you run a business out of your house, you have a separate meter for your garage because the power that's used in your garage is separate from the power that's used in your house. You can write it off at tax time. That's like, you want to have a second electric meter? How dare you? And in this case, they're saying, you want to form your own plastic? What do you want to do with that plastic, citizen? Exactly. It's the idea of making it difficult for somebody to do something because they might commit a crime. Especially when you consider plastics made out of petroleum. It's kind of suspicious. Yikes. They sound like a climate denier. You're saying they're getting more modernized and better. What features should people be looking so for? One- once upon a time, you when you bought a 3D printer, the first 3D printer I bought was a pain in the ass to set up. A pain in the ass. You had to make sure the machine was level. You had to some assembly required, which was a lot of assembly required. Mm-hmm. So with those two things, right. have those two things gotten better, the leveling and the assembly? Yes. Now you can buy them completely assembled. They have self-leveling beds. They have heated beds. Used to have issues with the filament sticking to the bed. All of that stuff is kind of getting resolved if you want to spend enough money. Mm -hmm. Honestly, just the self-leveling bed alone is a huge improvement and such a bonus compared to what it used to be. That was such an issue. What price point are you talking about with a self-leveling bed? I think you can buy one with a self-leveling bed for like 800 bucks. Do you need to use a special kind of filament if you need to make something especially durable? There's a gazillion different kinds of filament, depending on the application. They have filament that has carbon fiber in it. They have filament that has metal in it. They have filament that has wood in it. Mm -hmm. They have all kinds of different plastic filaments that are good for different heat, different strength-wise. You want to print a plastic washer. You're not going to make a plastic washer for your kid's toy out of the same thing you're making a hammerhead out of. What's a reasonable stock of filament for somebody to have? It's not expensive. The filament's really cheap. I want to say 25 bucks a roll. Do you use your 3d printer for current applications or is this something you're kind of saving for a rainy day in case you need things that are available 2209 a roll i have no concept what a roll is uh it is two kilos okay that's a lot of sprockets that's a lot of plastic i mean i've gone through a spool in one print before but that's like a big print I don't know. I'd have to ask Rick what he goes through Crypto compared folks. to what he produces. Yeah. yeah. I heard him on he's like the, a couple of years ago. He's the mastermind when it comes to printing. I was thinking about it today. It's really inspiring when you spend enough time around Bitcoin to watch somebody do what he's done. I have one of his big grenades. Nice. And some coasters. 
he went from like this small shop with a couple of printers and he has like a <laughs> a serious serious setup now i don't even know how many printers he has now but a lot i think you're the only show i ever heard him on actually probably he was really cool yeah rick's good people he's a normal dude that wanted to do this thing he got really passionate about it and he's good at what he does and he ran with it. Like I said, it's inspiring to watch somebody like have this concept of what they want to do and like they apply their passion to it and it becomes their livelihood. So if I'm hearing you right, you're saying that probably the best entry point is about $800 to get a 3D Yeah, printer? I wouldn't go any cheaper, personally. Okay. I made the mistake when I went in of buying the cheaper of the two options that were presented to me. Mm-hmm. I think at the time it was like 200, somewhere between two and 300 or seven and 800. And I opted for the cheaper version and it was a lot of heartache mm -hmm. that could have been avoided had I just spent the extra money. Is there a particular model you might suggest? Prusa <laughs> makes a good printer. Who? If you want to spend Prusa, they're called P-R-U-S-A. Okay. They make a good printer. I think it's Mark three. I think is the cheaper of what I would buy from them. And then there's a newer printer out called the bamboo that I hear really good things about, but I've never actually used one. So again, if you're contemplating buying one, I highly recommend you find the crypto cloaks telegram group or reach out to Rick on Twitter. I think he's at crypto cloaks or I don't know if he still runs his personal Twitter, Rick V 3d. Um, but he's absolutely amazing. All the guys in the crypto folks chat are amazing. They're super helpful when you're getting started out. If you're having issues, you can't figure stuff out. You pop in there and ask them. They're more than willing to help more than willing to walk you through, you know, getting started. Just a bunch of really great guys. Uh, Mopar mining too is another great guy for printing. I think he does some work with Rick. But yeah, that community is amazing. More than willing to help you. They've helped me with every issue I've ever had. How many dildos have you made? I didn't make any, but I bought two from Rick and had them shipped to Greg Zaj. Nice. Editor's note, I have no idea if Elsie is joking or not. He just guest starred on Pleb Underground. I guess Walton was out stabbing people today. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Co-host. Stabby, stabby, in true British fashion. Mm -hmm. So what else do you want to add about 3D printers that our listeners need to know? Buy good quality filament. Buy a good quality machine. Don't cheap out. If you cheap out, you'll hate it. If you cheap out, you'll get frustrated. Things won't work right. Spend the money. Buy a better printer. Buy good filament. And... For fuck's sakes, get in Crypto Cloak's Telegram chat and ask people, what printer should I buy? What filament should I buy? This is what I want to print. Those are the guys you want to ask. Those are the guys who print for a living. Those are the guys who are really good at what they do. That website you were telling me about with all the files? Yep. Yep. Is it easy to go in there and just like take like all the files or 
Do you have to pick and choose the ones you want? You, I don't think you have a hard drive that big. Really? Really. Thousands of pages. I think you underestimate the size of my hard drive. I'm telling you, thousands of pages. Thousands. I don't even know how many are on Thingiverse now, but there mm-hmm. was a lot. When I used to go in there and look for shit, there was a mm-hmm. lot. Is it all just free open source? Most of it. Hmm. Cool. That and then there's really cool squirt guns too if you want to look at something like uh, the catalog. Okay. I always wanted a squirt gun. There's all kinds of neat stuff you can print. Cool. Well, thanks. I think Rick too puts a lot of stuff up, a lot of stuff up on his site, like files for stuff that he sells. Mm -hmm. And you can like make a donation to the crypto cloaks and you you can get the file from his website to print. I think pretty much anything he has. This seems like a bad idea in his part. Yeah. Like, he I could sell you this thing, or there. I could just give oh, you the I file. Think, I think what he does is cycle out like some of the older stuff that he makes. Uh-huh. So like stuff that he's had for a couple of years, he'll put it up on his website. And then he has like a donation link. That if you want to donate some sats because you got the file from him, that's cool. Hmm. There's a couple of different websites out there, but Thingiverse is one of the better ones that just has an immense amount of Again, you can't really conceptualize the amount of stuff there is that can be produced on a 3D printer until you like go to a website like that and start just scrolling through random files that people have made. It's actually a really cool like community too because you have these people who have come across issues in like everyday life like oh I need one of these. I can't get one cuz they don't make them anymore or I don't want to run out to the store to get one like and they're really proficient with the programs to be able to make a file for it and they just make a file and throw the file up and like hey if anybody else needs one of these you know it's another cool one that i've seen the uh plastic gun stands they have for gun safes yeah i've seen those with like little that, like, that goes in the magazine well or a pin that goes up the barrel yeah there's a ton of those on there too just like cool shit that you don't even think of it's like, oh, I'd really like to have one of them. If you look online and you can buy it in plastic, chances are there's a file out there. To print. I think a lot of people just grab those files and they sell their stuff on eBay. If that's your prerogative, then have at it. Yeah. So have you seen this narrative that elderly retired people are going back to work because they're bored and they're looking for stuff to do? Yes. Like I think that's a wild concept. Like. I've got to believe that most of these people who are unfortunate enough to unretire are doing it because the system raped them and their family's wealth. So they need to go back because they need to eat. Yeah. And boomers are becoming uh, homeless at a higher rate than any previous generation. Yeah, that was like, like really? the headline right under it when I was, when I was <laughs> reading the headline yeah. about them going back to work. Completely unrelated headline, but yeah, completely unrelated headline. The same people that are going back to work because they're bored are becoming homeless at a shocking rate. They show you these pictures like, look how happy this lady is. But the real epidemic is diffuse debt slavery. Yeah. Like if it's actually true that people in their later years don't have enough interesting things to do with the time they have left, then it's a really damning picture of human existence. Yeah. Like how do you go your whole life and you don't develop interests or hobbies, activities? 
Like I can't see myself only ever going to become bored more and more dire. Time. What was that? Only going to become more and more dire. Yeah. As the years go by and people have less and less as they get to that ripe old age. They're just bored. Like they don't want to spend time with their families and loved ones and they don't want to create anything or think about anything. Think about how much more boring it's going to become when there are no family or loved ones. I guess that goes along with your argument a bit, but the possible uses for time are like endless and these people need to go to work. This is the point. This is the point in the podcast where by a bit Frito means yes, that completely validates your argument. Oh, thanks man. I figured I'd throw in my own editor's note because I don't get a chance to do that. Well, if you spent five hours editing this, then you would get a chance to do that. Listen, I show up for an hour and change to give you all this talent. Thank you. I know. You know Little Jack from Tropic Thunder? Yes. I, <laughs> I thought it'd be funny to like say like in a Little Jack voice. Gosh, I wish I were working right now so I could spend some of this time I have been cursed with. <laughs> I don't know why that came up. Exactly. Mind. As believable as boomers going back to work because they're bored. Yeah. I'm really bored. I was a mechanical engineer for a living, but I'm really bored. So I think I'll go hand out stickers at Walmart. <laughs> like, right? it doesn't happen. It's insane. In fiat world, there's a lot of examples of having a problem but then the response to that problem causes more damage than the problem itself would have, right? There's a lot of examples in fiat currency, medicine, environment, upper respiratory infections, et cetera. You can think of examples, right? That was oddly specific. Carry on. <laughs> but I think that car seat headrests are a microcosm of human stupidity. Now, you have like an older car, right? Yes. Maybe a couple. Yeah, it's starting to look like a used car lot out there. So you might be better than me in this aspect, but how comfortable are your headrests? I have terrible posture, so I don't use headrests. You don't use headrests? That sounds like a bad idea. I never understood the concept of a headrest. Well, the concept is without a headrest, you get rear-ended by some idiot, you break your neck. Okay, that makes more sense. Thank you for and clearing you that up walk for again. me. You know, nobody's paying attention. Everybody's crazy out there, right? That's why I don't ride a bike in the street. But Fair. my wife and I, all of our recent cars, they've got these terrible headrests that constantly injure our necks because your necks are supposed to have this natural curve backwards. And when your cervical vertebrae curve backwards, your head's actually upright. It does this? Yeah. Or it pushes you forward? All the modern headrests push the back of your skull forward in an unnatural, like, slouchy position, and it flattens out the curve of your neck, and it puts a strain on your neck. And I yeah. think there's probably some fiat-funded study out there that says, well, you have to do that because there's less of a chance of injury if you get in an accident. And you got to question the results of these fiat studies anyway. But if that's really true, then what we're doing is we're chronically injuring everybody just to prevent a little bit of injury in the case of an accident. Maybe it's just to make up for the overwhelming amount of terrible posture in the country because everybody's constantly looking at their lap or looking at their phone. But it's reinforcing that posture. Like your headrest is literally like pushing you down like this. Yeah, but many people stand like that now because they spend so much time like this. That's true. I have been in rental cars, though, where it looks like the seat where it used to come to a point at the corner and turned it. So the point is now like in the back of your skull. 
Yeah, but the newer ones, they don't even let you do that. Like the newer ones are just fixed. Like you can't rotate them to be in a more comfortable position. Oh, they don't have the rotation thing anymore? No, just like for your own good. It just forces your head forward. Uh, I take them right off. Yeah. But now that I know that I could get rear-ended and break my neck, I might put them back in. I don't know. It's hard to even tally the sum of what's actually better. Your car's like fucking injuring you all the time to keep you from getting injured. Yeah. Lumbar support. Remember those? Yeah. That's important. Newer cars have decent lumbar support usually. I never understood it. They hit your neck. You will understand it when you get older. Oh, lumbar support and you adjust it and it's just like, oh my God, that's fucking horrible. Shut that thing off. You've done physical labor. Your back's going to be all arthritic 10 years from now and you'll be like, oh, I like that lumbar support. Thanks for the bleak outlook of my future. Remember this conversation when you're like enjoying your lumbar support. Like, oh, he was right. Damn it. This fucking lumbar is great. Oh my God. (laughs) I know it gets 30 miles to the gallon, but how's the lumbar? Honestly, that's one of the first things I look at in a car. I've got a really bad (laughs) back. You're fucking old. (laughs) I had to stop playing hockey um, a couple of years ago because I can't like bend over and put my stick on the ice anymore. So. Speaking of playing sports past your prime, I had a buddy of mine yesterday snapped his Achilles tendon playing his annual friend's game of football. Dude, there's something. He played high school football and fuck, dude. Fuck, that's so gnarly when that shit happens. Dude, that's like happening a lot right now. These Achilles tears. Like, I know somebody personally that just tore their Achilles. In football, it used to be like every few years, somebody would tear their Achilles. It's like a big deal, right? This year, if you talk to a football fan, like there's an Achilles tear every week. There's a weird Achilles thing happening right now. Yeah, dude. He was getting loaded into an ambulance yesterday. I was driving by his house. I was oh, shit. So I called him. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I tore my Achilles playing football. I'm like, you're a fucking retard, dude. Think about how old you are. Why are you playing football with your friends (laughs) On the weekend of Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're getting more frail for reasons, and we got to be careful. You're old. You should get together with your friends and play Madden. That's what you should do. <laughs> you can't not go to the gym 364 days out of the year and then go play football on fucking Thanksgiving. You just can't. Yeah, that's probably true. Part of the reason that people are frail is... They're just on the Fiat hamster wheel, right? Everybody's out of yeah. shape. Yeah, I had the stiff realization where I thought I was in shape because I do physical labor for a living. And I actually tested that physical fitness and was like, wow, I'm vastly out of shape. Even though I'm physically appearing far more in shape than most people. Yeah. But not so much. No, you look good, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like fat like Greg Zaj. Just afraid to say anything. Speaking of Greg (laughs) Zaj, I figured we'd wrap this up with Plebs of the Underground. Let's do it. Trying something new. I'm going to throw a name out, and then you say something about that person. Oh, God. All right, ready? No. Number one. 
we thank these people for reposting our last episode. We appreciate the support. We got Bubba. I fucking love Bubba. Bubba's like my spiritual family. He's like my uncle. I love that man. As much as one man can love another man without it being gay, I love that man. You sure it's not gay? It might be a little gay, but I still love him. Is he still driving his truck with his wife? Yeah. Bubba's still trucking. Because, like, last year, I think she got her license, and now they're just, like, taking turns on the road. Yep. They must be covering a lot of ground if they're able to do that in shifts. Oh, yeah. Of course, I guess that means that they probably barely ever see each other, right? If if one person's driving and then they go to sleep and the other person's driving. No, because DOT rules only allow you to drive so many hours a day. So it's mm -hmm. not like you're sleeping all the hours you're not driving. Bubba strikes me as a rule follower. Bubba's my people. What about John? J-O-N. <laughs> John's good people, too. Somewhat. He's in that pleb <laughs> miner group, right? They just had some merchandise. I saw that they had sweatshirts and stuff that look cool. They're Bitcoin only, though. It's hard to part with the corn. He also does Bit by Bit podcasts with Max. Yeah, that's a good one. I struggle with the Bitcoin. BTC Pins does the same thing, right? Mm, Samson did the same thing with the hats. Bitcoin only. It's like, yeah, but to a Bitcoiner, like they're going to give you the fiat, right? <laughs> there's reasons there's reasons why you're not in a hurry I mean years ago I guess it was more of a more of an issue than it is now because now you have fucking I don't want to hear it dude just download cash app and put your fiat on there well, and fucking send the there's a, there's a couple of reasons I mean I'm, this is kind of public knowledge but like in 2017 I got a letter from the IRS we're keeping an eye on you because you're, you're in the bitcoins and <laughs> Every year. I'm... Seriously, right? And another reason is on taxes, on the first page, they say, did you do any cryptocurrency transactions? Whatever that means, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I could take part in this circular economy or I could lay low, right? It's not worth it to get a pin or a sweatshirt, even though I want to get those things. And I would totally throw my fiat at it, you know? Hey. What do you got there? My stupid dog. Thank you to Highland Hoddle. Highland Hoddle, great cattle rancher. Really? Good band. Yep. Cool. Yeah, he I raises, think we because uh, these are all your friends. So He raises Scottish Highlanders. That's why he's Highland Hoddle. Oh, that makes sense. Thank you to Barn Miner. Barn Miner. Barn Miner. I like Barn Miner because he's a grumpy old fuck like me. You're not old. Yeah, but I'm grumpy. You are grumpy. Barnmeyer's had some good tweets lately. Barnmeyer's good people. He makes the best beef jerky in the Bitcoin space, too. Oh. The uh, infamous Denny's 58K. Ooh. All I got to say is uh, 58K forever. It's just like a painful memory now, right? We're all like, ah, I went down to 58K. This is so lame. I miss those days. My dog is invading my space at this point. See that? 
I Lisa pet her Dobby. for two seconds, and now she's over the back of the couch and in my lap. She figured out how to get your camera upright, so that's something that you couldn't do. There is that. And Hans. Also another grumpy fuck. I love Hans, though. He's my brother from another mother. He's a Hall of Fame memer. What's his name mean, do you think? And Hans. Is his name Hans, but it's like and Hans, or what's that about? I have no idea. I feel like he needs to clarify this. He's my schnitzel. You know what I mean? I was really sad personally when the Cooge went away. And now we have to thank Return of the Cooge. Ooh, the Cooge. I do love me some Cooge. I think he listens to our stuff. He retweets a lot of stuff. Either that or he just retweets for the sake of retweeting. He's like, I'm going to retweet these idiots. I have no idea what they're talking about. That memer love, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is he a memer? Yes. We're almost done, I swear. We've Legendary. got our sponsor, Punch Plate. Woo! They just had a wicked sale. And then your buddy Greg Zodge won. Not to be confused with... Yeah, he's Zodge. kind of a faggot. Okay, then. If I had any advice for anybody, it'd be that if you follow him, you should probably go fix that. No, he's fun. He did a good job on Pleb Underground. Yeah, he's just really hard to look at, you know? Yeah, he's no stabby Walton. Well, with Pleb Underground, you can get the audio file, too, as a podcast. Ah, see? He needs to do that for his podcast, and I might listen to it. It's just the fact that I have to look at his fucking face every time I have to watch it, you know? Yeah, so the trend here... Ugly, disfigured fucking face away from me. I'm noticing that the trend here is these are all like all your friends. Shinoa? Oh. Uncle Shinoa. Little known fact, Shinoa is actually my uncle. Huh. Yeah. I feel like you're full of shit, but okay. Now you know. Rope? Ropium? I heard him on your show. Yeah, he's on Meme Factory too now. Oh. Now that's a podcast? Yeah. How many people the are Meme on that Factory podcast? test stream. That's like a big group of people though, right? Yeah, I think the podcast is like Greg and Becca and Yellow and RD. Hmm. And uh, Rope. And then I know Marcus and Pedro do their own thing, too. But that's more like technical stuff. How come they seem to have more friends than we have? Because they do. Oh. Because they're, yeah. uh, cor- they're corporate memers. Oh. Like Swan? I don't know. They were the strike team for a while. What's a corporate memer? They put out really shitty memes and watermark them. Oh. And then everybody just thinks they're great because they're watermarked. Cool. What about Mikado Face, lover of soil? He's also a legendary memer. Mikado Face. He was a meme tard. 
And I don't think we got a retweet last week, but I'm gonna give a shout out to Club Underground because Phil's sending me a pin. Yeah, yeah, Phil. No, I love Club Underground. I love Phil. Phil's my people. Stabby McStabby. Yeah, Stabby Walton. Stabby Walton's a little sketchy, but and those guys keep the signal pure. And they've done it for a long time, so I respect that. It's hard to do in the bear market, but it's hard to get pure signal. Agreed. All right. Well, dude, you forgot the most important person. Uh, you you did a retweet. Well, I don't know about the most important person, but he's up there on the list. Who? The always colorful. Yellow. Gray everyman. I didn't see him on there. I don't know if he retweeted us, but he's retweeted us like every fucking week that we put out an, an episode. Don't be a stinge. All right, all right. I'm just, I'm just saying what I saw. Shout out to Gray. Don't be a stinge. Gray, the master horticulturist. He he has a lot of nice plants. He has a green thumb. Is there anybody else you want to give a shout out to? Off the top of my head, no. But it's probably because my belly's making the rumblies and I haven't eaten yet. Oh, well, you better go take care of your rumbly belly. Good to see you, man. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go cook some some red meat. What is on your shirt today? My company. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I see the picture on the front? It's the same thing. Oh, it is just mint. Well, yeah. uh huh. Okay, cool. You got a company swag. Company swag. I'm actually wearing uh two layers of the exact same shirt. Oh, because it was cold out today. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I hope you enjoy your dinner. Appreciate you joining me for this conversation. Yeah, let's try to keep this thing going, huh? Again, same time, same place next week. Two weeks in a row, man. Let's go for three. I can do it if you can do it. I'm in. All right, dude. You heard it here first. I'm committing. Until you're like, oh, no, I have to work. I got to go do this other thing. (laughs) I know how you are. All right, we'll see. Have a good night, man. Adios. See my old friend I've come to talk with you again Even though words can be deceiving Our voice is undeniably pleasing And this podcast That is streaming to your brain just like cocaine Come in here, wipe it Coin fixes this On Bitcoin Twitter, you walked alone Wasted hours staring at your phone A net positive is no Miami shitcoin conference Elsie and I talk about whatever the fuck we want
We are so The cool bloods listen to the blue collar podcast on the podcast website. I saw two hundred downloads, maybe more. People searching for real signals. Jokes on them, but at least we'll make you giggle. I'll see meditating in the shower about the show. Picturing freedom. Listen or don't go fuck yourselves. Be advised, we are not certified fiat system financial experts. Our financial opinions are our own and should not in any way be construed to be financial advice. Do your own research. Also, while we believe in free speech, we do recognize that we do not live in a free speech society. Therefore, for all intents and purposes, please consider our views to be fictional satire, with the sole intention of facilitating broad discussion that is necessary to generate new understandings in hopes of uniting people under common rule sets, rather than the current trend of dividing people by utilizing different rule sets for different people. Listener discretion is advised.